0: Boom. Who's the best show here? Tech, tech show! show! Who's the best show here? Tech, tech show! Good. That's the best one yet. I am short.
1: Pizza pizza. It's about fucking time someone else is. I'll just have to tell them I'm not, babe. Just a pervert. Eat
0: show
2: time! Well, you were making it for young in the kitchen, I was in the dining room having sushi. It's a little thing tech show, and that's a fact. Don't like the cast, you can stick it up your ass. Ain't no funny duddies, down the will link it back. For the stream link, go to record the L T S Dado. And I see challenge of LinuxTake.net, bound tech show. Just sit right there, cause the galaxy just about to begin.
0: Welcome to episode 1036 of the LinksLink Tech Show. On the show tonight, we have Joel. Good evening. We have Joe.
1: Yep, I am there. here.
0: And we have Dave. I'm here too. Yeah. and uh, Yes. Right. I got Raspberry Pi 5 news. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute, Joel, because I'm going to say my piece. Peace. One of the more challenging things in regards to GitHub Actions, and I've said this before, is developing them in a non-live format. And that means on a repository where you want to use the action that you're developing, it's very challenging to not actually engage with the repository there is a tool called uh, uh, ACT, A-C-T, I think it's NACT, N-A-C-T, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or it's by Nectos. it's called ACT, which allows you to theoretically test your GitHub actions locally, the workflows. It, it becomes more challenging when you're trying to do stuff and integrating different services. Um, and case in point, one of the things that came across... My uh, desk the past week was that there is a technology, if you're not familiar, called uh, that GitHub offers called Dependabot. And Dependabot, are you using that, Joel? No. On any repository? So, what Dependabot is, is uh, Google offers that as a security and dependency scanning tool. And what Dependabot will do is scan your repo and identify potential security risks in your code. And also, um, for most of the languages out there, and and we're primarily using JavaScript via Next, or uh, I'm sorry, Node and PHP, it will look at your dependencies and Offer to help you keep your dependencies up to date. Uh, a lot of times, node packages, JavaScript packages, or PHP packages uh, will get updated on a fairly regular basis, and you m- may be a little too busy to keep monitoring those updates. And Dependabot is a handy tool that you could use that will assist you with that and identify, you know, if a certain package has a minor or a major version. What it can do for you is open pull requests on your repository for those dependency updates. What we wanted to do to further facilitate this is that we, that, that's one of the challenges that our team faces is making sure we keep up to date and with a smallish team and a large number of applications that's one of the things that was starting to fall by the wayside which uh and even with dependabot when that would end up happening where it would open a pull request is somebody's got to act on that pull request look at it and make sure it's good and merge it. You know, make sure it's passed all the tests, and if it's not, and determine why and stuff like that. Anyway. So they wanted to take it to the next level, and that when Dependabot opens one of these pull requests, if it passes all the tests, it would automatically merge that dependency. Or, if it failed one of the tests, that it would open up a JIRA ticket and that would be in our queue for somebody to come along and take a look at it. Um, the uh, person before me did a lot of the legwork and looking up what it is you actually need to use in regards to what GitHub actions are available for interacting with JIRA. Um, what GitHub Actions are available for interacting with Dependabot, what we would need to maybe do. Um, So he had a proof of concept in our application template repository that when he would open up a PR, because he was using his account, that it would automatically create a Jira ticket for that PR and then take it to the next level, which would be if the tests fail, then open the Jira ticket. But if they didn't fail, then it needs to – the upon PR needs to be merged. So that's where I picked it up and went to go apply it into one of our repositories. And it was a fun task to be able to uh, jump into. The, the the biggest problem that I had and what I, I find challenging about GitHub Actions um, is that you – you kind of muddy your repository uh, in developing this and testing it out. So the way I went about doing it, because I really didn't have a test repository that would be easily integratable with, um, and it would be a heck of a lot of work to set that up to do it all the way that we would want to do it, is that instead of using the GitHub dependabot user, I was using my user when I would put in a pull request that it would perform all these actions. So each application is supposed to have three different, four different tests there's linting, there's unit tests, there's end to end integration testing, and then there's a jira ticket check that our pull requests the summary or the description of the pull request needs to have the jira ticket in it and that's one of the things that we check for and those four tests are required before and plus two reviews are required before you can merge that pull request in now of course with the uh dependent bot pull requests we're going to bend the rules a little bit and so long as they pass all the tests then we feel that it should be fairly confident that we can merge it in so when this gets merged in it's only going to development and staging um and it's not going to automatically be pushed to production so that the next time somebody is working on that code They should be well aware of whether or not any one of those dependencies managed to pass tests but broke something. Uh, That's that's the theory in there. So I got it working, and this this was a huge pain in the ass um, to deal with, was the... Conditionals for workflows. Now you can have so a workflow consists of one or more jobs, and each one of those jobs consists of one or more steps. So you can have a a conditional at the main work at the top workflow level. You can have it at the job level, and you can have it at the step level. And what I mean in this case about a conditional is I'm trying to determine whether this is a pull request that's been opened by Dependabot or somebody else. And the person who came before me was and did a lot of the uh, initial legwork was using github.actor variable, um, which is available. Now, the github.actor variable is supposed to be the person who triggered the pull request, who created the pull request, right? (laughs) And that he was using the uh, – that takes the user ID of the person. And um, I'm sorry. It was the GitHub user ID. Yeah. Sorry. GitHub user ID of the pull request, I believe it was. And that was set to the depend upon user. And so with the JIRA check, JIRA ticket check, makes absolutely no sense to have that check run because the Dependabot, when it opens a pull request, there is no Jira ticket. So there's not going to be a Jira ticket. It's not going to subscribe to the format. And we don't really have a way to change the message as far as I know. Maybe it's possible, I don't know. But I didn't look too deeply into that. So what I need to do for that is I need to determine whether the pull request was opened by Dependabot. And if so, just exit out of the test and, you know, just as a pass. But if it's not, then it needs to run that check. And the same thing, you know, with with the testing and everything. Well, actually, the testing is going to just run all the time. Now, the next final steps, usually what ends up happening with our pull request testing is, It does those checks, and then if they all pass, you get two people to review it, and then you can merge it. Well, in this case, we want to auto-merge. So if all those tests pass, then what needs to happen is it needs a job to merge in the pull request automatically if – it is opened by Dependabot and it's passed all those tests, which were really easy to do because you can have a job be dependent upon other jobs. So I just put in that that pull rec- in that job that it needs. It's, that's the syntax. That job needs the testing job and the integration job to run and succeed. And if it if those two finish successfully, and then it will go on to run the Dependabot merge which only happens if the person who opened the pull request was dependent That was fairly straightforward to do. Um, and that, that worked fine. The other side of that was, well, if any one of those tests failed, (laughs) then I need to open a Jira ticket. So there's a job for opening a Jira ticket. And what was really confusing about that and the if conditional on that was that, um, it is also dependent upon those test jobs running. But typically, if a job fails, then it's not going to run that job that has that dependency on it. So you have to add a conditional. In the conditional, you have to do an always. Uh, so you tell that it's always going to run even if those dependencies have failed. So it's always going to run, but it has to only run if either – or both of those jobs fail, or actually it's three jobs through a fail and the user is dependabot that opened the ticket. PR. And that seemed to work just fine. I got that that was a pain in the ass because when you have multiple conditions, um, you had to be careful of how you format it, and it was very, very unclear on what you had to do according to their documentation. Um, but eventually, I got it all figured out. I got it working. Everything seemed to be, you know, working just the way I wanted it to for my user. Then I switched it over and finally committed that workflow into that our repository for our one application that I was working with, and then switched it over to using the Dependabot user account. Now. When I re-enabled Dependabot on there and the first three PRs came in, I was smacked in the face by the fact that it did not do what it was supposed to do. It ran the test like I would expect it to, but it did not. And I purposely set one of the tests to fail. And it, it actually, no, I didn't at that point. I was like, it should all work. Let's let it go. And the, and Dependabot opened up three PRs right away. Two of them failed and one succeeded. And none of them did what it was supposed to do. So when I went in to look at the action, come to find out that it did not run any of the Dependabot jobs. And it was really confusing to me as to why. Because everything ran perfectly under my user ID. But it wouldn't run properly under the Dependabot user ID. So, obviously, the first thing I did was double-check the Dependabot ID. And wouldn't you know it, between the when I initially set all this stuff up and double-checked the Dependabot user ID, and today when I went to run it, that user ID changed which then said to me, maybe I shouldn't be using the user ID because I suspect maybe there's multiple ones or they might change it frequently. I don't know. But I looked at the dependabot documentation and everything about that in there said you should be using uh, the variable GitHub actor. And the GitHub actor is the username of the person who opened the pull request. So I switched it over in the code to use GitHub Actor. And then for the next three hours this afternoon, I spent beating my head against the wall trying to figure out why using GitHub Actor would not work. It just flat out would not work. It was like doing the same thing as if I had the wrong ID in there, or whatever. It would not work. Um, Now, another challenging aspect about the GitHub Actions is that you have the option to rerun them if they fail, or every time that you make a commit and push that against the PR, it's going to rerun the workflow. Or if you're looking at your pull request, and it'll tell you if your branch is out of date from the branch that you're trying to merge into, um, do you, and offer to update from that branch uh, changes, and you can you can click that. Then it'll rerun the workflow again from the beginning and do all the testing. Um, when I read the documentation, they they said that uh, rerunning the workflow will run it as the user account that triggered the pull request and regardless of the user that is rerunning the workflow but also it's going to rerun the workflow using the same script that it did before that GitHub actions workflow script now The issue that I was running into as I would update that script to try and get the conditional to work properly required that I would merge the changes from the branch, the main branch, into the pull request so that it was up to date and it could merge without any conflict or anything like that. And as I did that, every time it just it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Finally, I, I gave up, and I just like I'm just going to put debug statements in here, and just verify that the account I have the account name correct because everything I was looking at said it should be correct, but it wasn't working. So the account name is Dependabot, D-E-P-N-D-A-B-O-T, and then it has a, a open bracket, bot, close bracket. Kind of a weird name, but I thought let's just let's double check it. And and what did I find out? I spent three hours dicking around with this because once I did the update my pull request that pull request from from the main branch, it was then making it the pull request as me being the person who triggered it, not dependabot. So it was always my name in there and not the pendabot, which was really annoying because the documentation, I was led to believe that it would still be the person that opened the PR, not the person that was triggering the PR again or rerunning the PR. Once I figured that out, I just, basically what I had to do was I had to back out of all those dicking around that I did for the past three hours, put it back in there and instead of using the GitHub, id for dependabot which might change i just used the username and cross my fingers hope it works um it looks like it should work but i won't know until dependabot puts in another pr right joel did you die dave yeah right yeah, you <laughs> fell asleep, right?
3: No, I know. you said Joel, you didn't say.
0: <laughs> I know I did. I think Joel fell asleep. I was going to let him go on to uh <laughs> the next. Oh, uh, it was it was frustrating as hell dealing with that crap. But it was yeah. fun but frustrating. I got I'll to use said. I got to use said. Oh,
3: use the, was, was it a free BSD version with the character restriction? No, no, no.
0: I didn't have to I didn't have to do that. It was uh whatever
2: you know, came with Linux.
0: This well the GitHub action is running on a container um a uh that is Ubuntu, okay. but I tested my said statement in OS ten first and I did it also on Linux too, because I can SSH in here there you go and it was the same thing. Basically what I was trying to do is when when the upon opens up the PR, um the the description in the PR says it's going to bump this component that depend that component and it's like usually a library from version this to version from version X to version Y and basically what I wanted to do is I wanted to take that that uh, that component and then from version X to version Y I wanted to take that part of the description. Or just the uh, yeah the description or the summary and put it into the description of the Jira ticket that was being created. Um, so I got to use said for that, and I, I, I enjoy working with said when I can. It's confusing as hell to me still after all these years. I gotta look shit up all the time, man. It's regular expressions. They always they always get me. It's like everything. If it's you're using BSD, you're using uh, linux you're using Perl, you're using vcl uh you name it everything does it a little differently so one thing may not work 100 percent on another on another thing and it, it's constant looking stuff up on how to do that i mean there's some of the basics should carry over to all these things but Regular expressions are my bane, but I still, I, I try and use them all the time as much as I can. Right, Dave? Right.
2: Sure. So you got your Raspberry Pi? Nope. I got the accessories.
3: <laughs> but, did you order one? I, I did order October, one. <laughs> October 1st, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, October 1st is when I ordered mine, uh, but I, I, October 13th, I ordered the accessories, and they're all here. <laughs> The case, I got the cooling fan, um, the case itself had, the official case itself has a cooling fan. Were well, the accessories it
0: backed up? Backlogged?
2: Ordered two? They were too. Wow. They were too. yeah. And the, uh, real-time clock battery, as well as the, uh, the new power supply they brought out, uh, with the five. Which is, uh, capable of more amperage than, uh... The one that the four four could use. When so, when do they think they're gonna ship?
0: Do they give you an estimate as when to expect the five uh, to ship?
2: They said all the pre orders through that were ordered from when it launched to December should be to the to their owners by April. And I'm not stuttering. <laughs> April is when they said. That's what SparkFun, I ordered mine from SparkFun, so they're not the only ones, Uh, there was a uh, video going around from someone um, asking Evan Upton to see what, who'd you say?
1: Element 14?
2: Uh, no I don't want to say Jeff Gearing I think, I watched a video of him today, he was comparing the Raspberry Pi with a one of these little cube uh, PCs, you know, which though they're, they're right in around a hundred dollars or so, and those can get you a little bit more horsepower than a Raspberry Pi Five has, and it's Intel. So, but that's okay. I like my Raspberry Pi 5s. and plus, you know, you, that's the other thing too. When you look at the comparison between a Raspberry Pi and uh, something that's more PC-like, in those. Uh, bare bones or or slower NUX you know those may only be $135 but you don't have things like a GPI uh, like GPI opens so it just depends on what you're doing uh, where a PC wouldn't necessarily work as well so like if you're trying to like uh, well and you know there's various hats and stuff that you can use with a the Pi. There's been a few. I mean, the Pi Foundation's supposed to bring out an official uh, PCIe to uh, um, M2 drive slot, so you can put a physical uh, SSD on it and boot from that. Uh, but there's other, uh, like uh, I saw another company brought out a board. For that, it's like eight bucks. Bugs into the into the Raspberry Pi, and you can boot it off the SSD once you get get the uh, all the firmware all set up. But I don't know if I'm gonna go with um, an SSD. I might try just a bigger um, micro SD to start with, or if I get um. One of those adapters. I'll probably uh, use the SSD for storage versus and boot off the micro SD. I'm not sure which one's faster yet. All I know is that damn. I see the damn ads on uh, Facebook for Vilros and it pisses me off because I still will not have mine yet. but i did unbox or uh, i did uh, open the package and i took a look the case is nice it's the red reddish and whatever that reddish color that the pi foundations use use for all their uh, official things like the keyboard and mouse i do have the keyboard and mouse and i like it but th- those i've had since the raspberry pi 4 but uh you know I didn't have anything specific planned for the Raspberry Pi 5. You know, so, uh, you know, I get it. I get it, and I'll play with it, you know.
3: know? Maybe you'll figure out what you want to do with it before it gets here.
2: (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I know what I'm not going to do with it. I'm probably not going to use it for a media box. I mean, it would... Do real good because I got the eight gig version, but we'll see. I mean It's way overpowered for a, a retro pie. You don't need that much for a retro pie. You can do the retro pie with the with the zero.
0: Have you tried a retro pie with a zero?
2: Um, I can. I got a. I got a spare zero. I'm not using.
0: Because I was wondering if it's beefy enough to to handle
2: some of those emulators. Well, uh, some I've seen builds
1: Actually where they're using a zero as a, a as an emulator. Yeah. running RetroPie. Yeah. But I'm I'm. I've run up to Neo Geo on it, but mostly I, I oh, stick okay, with yeah. like uh, NES and um, right. Genesis.
2: Yeah, I mean for
3: those systems, it should be fine.
1: Oh yeah,
3: Raspberry. My Raspberry Pi three can do the N64 emulator on RetroPie.
1: Yeah. Well, N64 is very hit or miss, even yeah. even on the the. Pi three and four, even
2: on Intel. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, that, the it's, only game I
3: played on it was Super Mario World, it wasn't too glitchy.
1: Yeah, it's extremely hit or miss. Like if you try and play 007 on most things, unless you have it completely optimized for Cold it, night, yeah, play, yeah, it's just playing not going to do shit. Yeah. Yep. But
2: I, but I mean, you, I, you, was, you, I you know, say, I find
0: I, I find that a little interesting because. Right. That, like, the Raspberry Pi, even the Zero, is a lot, isn't it, far more powerful than the Nintendo 64 to begin with? It has to do with the way the code is
1: on the 64. Yeah.
0: Which I, I get, I get that too, but I'm like, it's just, it still amazes me that they have to, right. that, that it requires that much to handle that code because of the way that it was written.
2: Let's see the, Zero only has 512 megabytes of RAM, too, which for most things it's going to be probably fine. You know, I've seen builds where they take the the Pi Zero W and stuff it in a box, and it has a little LCD, basically make a handheld uh, emulator thing, you know, mm-hmm. but that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> What are you going to do with I it? Did. He doesn't know. Nah, I'm not sure yet. Not sure yet. We'll figure it out when I get it.
3: But I've been playing. I with, do need. I've been playing with three things this week that might be good candidates, depending on your needs. But I uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, switched to Calibre Web versus the built-in Calibre content server, and I like it. And of course, Audio Bookshelf that Joe told me about, and uh, I've been rediscovering the joys of Pi Radio, Py Radio. These are all good projects.
2: Pi Radio, that was uh, what, Pandora?
3: No, it's just internet radio stations. It, it'll play any internet radio oh. station. Makes me it's wish. I not like TV stuff. No, yeah, it's a yeah. PY radio. It, it'll play, it's a, it's a terminal app, a 2E, terminal user interface okay. app. It's nice.
2: Yeah, um, that makes me wish, almost wish that would have saved a. A while back, when I was still writing for Gear Diary, this is probably ten years ago now. I'm thinking about it. I was set, actually, sent an internet radio, and it worked with. Um, I'm trying to remember what it all worked with. I know, like, like um, it would stream our local AM station. Um, well, I'm trying to think if it used TuneIn or what it used. I forget what exactly it used.
3: Yeah, you can copy uh, and paste tune in you uh tune in links right into Pi Radio and it plays them just fine. Uh, my son in law builds Bluetooth speakers out of ammo boxes. I think he sells them on Etsy or someplace, but uh, I, I need to talk to him because I, I think it'd be cool to put a Raspberry Pi in there and make it turn it into an internet radio. Right.
2: And this this thing would have been perfect for that. Um, the in, the internal board died on it. Uh, so I got rid of it before I moved. Let me see if I can find it. I reviewed it for a uh, gear diary years ago. Oh, I do have plans to go to the Dayton Hamvention this year. I took the Friday off, so I'm going to probably go Friday and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if I can. I'll probably drive over each day.
0: What day is that?
2: It's in May.
0: That's still ways off, isn't it? Weather
2: well, yeah. should be a lot yeah. nice. Yeah. Is, is it snow up. up there? Uh we, we got like four inches, but it's all gone now. It all melted. May seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. So uh, unfortunately, Xenia, where, where, where they're at now, um, it's not in Dayton proper, but Dayton Amateur Radio Association is the one that puts on the show. Um, quite a few years ago, I uh, think uh, 2016 or 2015, I forget which year, was the last year, but the family that owned the Hera Arena, where it was, was for over 60 years... Um, Decided to shut the arena down. All right. Then, like a year after they closed it, a tornado hit it, so now it's completely gone. All right. So they moved it um, from, uh, from there to Zeno, the Zeno, Ohio, into Green County Fairgrounds, and that's where it's been ever since at least twenty seventeen, I think, because I actually just saw an article I wrote about it for uh, Gear Diary back when I wrote there. It's always a blast for uh, radio geeks like me. So I'm trying to see if I can't find that uh, that streaming radio I, I reviewed. Oh, was that? Long time was ago.
0: that was that the one that you you got last year? Was that was only a couple months ago, wasn't it? The software radio. No. Uh, the the, soft, the ra- was it a radio? Oh, that
2: SDR radio. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah this yeah. is actually. This actually looked like one of them Tivoli uh, radios. Okay. But it wasn't Tivoli. I'm just trying to remember what it was called. Back in the day, I did have um, the radio Shark made by Griffin. That was cool. But the... uh, I forget the name of it.
0: You're not gonna. God, it must have been a long time. Getting old, man. No.
2: Back in the day, you you rattle that off. <laughs> I got a case. I can't remember shit.
0: Ay. Oh, ay yeah. yeah. Just, just tell Dave and he'll remember. Like he's a savant with dates. Apparently, <laughs> he knows he knows when something happened all the time.
2: A lot of Linux links. <laughs> he Don't knows when you butt. ordered your Raspberry Pi. <laughs> if he did, if he did this new show now, what, what, what? We would be in the uh, what Chevy Bolt or what do you got now?
3: Chevy Bolt.
2: <laughs> no, I'm joking, man.
3: I, I still have the 2012 Prius. Prius? Yeah, I have it, and I have a uh, 96 Nissan Frontier pickup truck that's still going. I got it when my oldest daughter totaled the Civic that I did the podcast in. I got her that Nissan. She drove it to college and back, and she got married and got a car, and I I
0: kept the pickup. She totaled your car, and you had to go buy her a new one? And then you were out out of the car then?
3: No, no, no. She totaled that Prius. We got $4,500 for insurance, and I bought a uh, Chevy, what was it, uh, it wasn't a Nova, uh, uh, I got a piece of crap Chevy, but had a, had a Saturn engine in it, which was good, and I got that Nissan pickup truck, for, and still had change left over, so I got two cars out of the deal. And Two cars for
0: for four thousand dollars and oh, have money yeah. left over. Yeah,
3: did they yeah. Have, did, the, did the bottoms of them rust out or what? What do no, you got the, going the, on there, Dave? We we sold the we sold the Chevy. Well, I, actually, I, I take that back. We the Chevy was my mother in law's, and oh. uh, we we gave her some money for it, even though my wife's name was on the title. So there was that. But the Nissan was was a great buy. It's still going. That's nice. I mean, the thing's almost 30 years old, and it just keeps going. Oh,
0: that now, is sweet. Um, How much work do you have to put into that thing? I'm it, sorry, Joel.
3: Almost none. I mean, oh,
2: just damn. More chains and checkups. Now, what's up for pre-order uh, from Atari now? It's the Mini 400. I don't think I'm going to get one. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know so what It's I said, basically same
2: it? concept as the SS. It's like one hundred nineteen dollars. One dollars you know, the, thi- the thing? The thing is, is if you see it, it it's it, well, it models the four hundred, which is the one that had the membrane keyboard. Right, that right? terrible keyboard. But I- I've the seen pictures of it. it, of it. Doesn't. Ha- right, but by the looks of it, you can't. It, it's very similar to what they did with the commodore 64 mini where it just looks like the keyboard it's not functional you know what i mean so i'm guessing though by the looks of it it has a usb port on the back of it as well as four on the front for controllers so i'm betting you can probably plug a uh, keyboard in to one of those if you wanted to type on it and do some atari basic on the other hand, I don't need to do that because I've can got you, a. Uh, um, can you do Atari Basic on uh, the
0: on the uh, mini?
2: That's a good question. I I haven't seen a whole lot about it um, yet. Um, it's up for pre order now, and it doesn't ship until the twenty eighth of March.
0: You know. You know what's messed up?
2: I have to look. Maybe no. maybe the sale on.
0: What, what know, I think is messed up. up about those is now don't get me wrong if you really like the console system you know getting a, a mini NES or a super NES or a genesis or a mini commodore or whatever all the ones that they came out you by all means have at it that's great you know and they usually run from what 50 to 100 and some dollars and you're gonna if you, if you like that you're gonna get functionality out of it. It's a lot, you know. You don't have to mess around with anything. Um, of course, you could do it a lot cheaper on your own if you wanted to, with a pie or even your computer or your phone and emulation. All that stuff. People are gonna find it. that extremely daunting. Yeah, and, and I get that, and that's fine. Have at Wait, it. You I mean, I mean, Go people? ahead, go ahead, buy it. What all I right. think is
1: absurd is no, the not just all people; most people will yeah. find it daunting.
0: What I think is absurd about that this stuff is those little mini devices aren't that expensive, but the fucking Lego device yes. is like 150 to $200 plus for just something that looks like the device and does not Lego function device. at all. And it's just Lego. You know, that is crazy.
3: Lego is crazy anyway. Price per right. piece is ridiculous. Are you buying them yeah, individual pieces, Dave? But, uh, no, no, uh, no but I, I got a cousin that, that bought that's, that's yeah, what, the largest Lego they <laughs> sell. It was a Titanic model, and I forget how many right. pieces there was, but it was like the price ended up being like 70 cents a piece. It was just stupid oh, expensive.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Yep, yep. I, that's why I haven't bought any. Um, I have a whole bunch at home uh, at my uh, dad's house. I, I'm going to have to ask him if I can have that. I don't know if my brother wants it or not. But
1: Legos or Lego sets? Um,
2: Legos I, models. Well we, well, we bought sets, but we rarely kept them as sets, you know. We just dumped them in a box, you know. But now, the, 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 go back to the 400 Mini. It will emulate everything, basically the whole 8 bit range, all the way through the 130XE, as well as the Atari 5200. And you can also, uh, it has 25 games built in. But you can put the game games on a thumb drive and plug it into it and play those too. So uh, the 25 games include what's it Lee, which I've never heard of that game, Berserk, Millipede, Minor 2049er, Mule, and Star Raiders Two, uh, which Star Raiders Two was pretty nice. I like that one. I need I actually need to get a copy of that for uh, my uh. uh my, I have an 800XL. Uh, actually, I probably should should just download the ROM and put it on the... Uh, or, I don't know if that would be like a floppy, because I'm trying to think if... I have a, this uh, Lotharac, uh basically it's a floppy disk emulator. I don't know if I can put a cartridge image on it and have it work with that. But they do have a cartridge uh, adapter for SD cards. I should get that. But... Because sometimes it's just nice to, to plug in the cartridge and go. Because it takes that would load a little faster than the uh, floppy emulator. So it's going to load just as fast as the standard Atari 1050 drive. So it's, it's so it's not going to load faster, even though it's on a faster media to begin with. But it doesn't say whether it can run um, Basic or not. Um, I'm thinking that if you can get basic, uh, the the I think the original Atari 400 had a basic cartridge instead of being built into the to firmware or to the ROM on on board. Like that's what my, my Atari 800 XL. That's how it works. Is if I just turn it on without cartridge or anything plugged into it or without booting a floppy image, it will uh, load basic. So. And then you can write basic programs if you want to. But that reminds me of what I just saw on Prime Video this afternoon and evening. Uh, towards the tail end of my work, I saw it on there. I threw it on the TV. Superman 3, remember that movie?
3: That's only Richard Pryor, or was that too?
2: Yes, it was. was yep. Yep. That's the one where, where 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 he took all the half cents and put them in his in his in his uh on his check. Yeah. <laughs> he got a check for eighty five thousand dollars. <laughs> but that was. I see you're watching that movie, and I'm like, I'm like, and they're doing things like uh. What several of the hacks he had, like he had one hack where where uh, I think he made it rain somewhere, I guess they were, there was a weather control satellite, and I'm like and when that movie came out, there was no, we still don't have a weather control satellite, and there was no wild, worldwide way that he could use a computer to have it command all the old pankers to go to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it was just so far-fetched, even now. I mean, it's just, it never happened now either, you know, but, and building that uh, computer they built in the, in the canyon, you know, the, well, if you want to call it a computer, I don't think it was, it, had, it might have had a computer on it, but you know, there, there was much more to it than a computer. But that's what we thought. The future was. is that kind of crap. That was 1983. Yeah. Yep. I uh, mean, in the 1st uh, see, the first... No, it was the second one where they uh, had depictions of the gas crisis in it. Where there was lines of people waiting for gas. I barely remember that. So that... See, the Atari 400 Mini, though, has an all-winner H3, 256 megabytes of RAM, and 128 megabyte of flash, and five USB-A ports, one USB-C port. That's the only power in, though, and HDMI. So, in many ways, if you built, like, a RetroPie, you can probably get more than this. Uh, and it might... Run things a little bit better, have better interface and all that stuff. And the ability to have Wi-Fi on it, you know, there's that. But honestly, though, this is for, for people that love the Atari bits like myself that don't have the skills to build the Raspberry Pi that can run the emulators. Same reason for, with the the... I have an SNES Mini downstairs. Um, I can't think of the last time I played it. My son might play it every once in a while. Fire it up and play some Mario or something. You can
0: play Mario. I on did your, buy your a
2: Switch port the Portal Companion set for a. Uh, the Nintendo Switch. It was uh, twenty bucks, so I can play Portal, Portal, and Portal Two on my Switch. I actually never played Portal One before, so that that was a uh, pretty fun. That's I think I'm of most of the way through it.
3: That's a fun game. Both of them are fun. It is. Yeah, they are.
2: Yep. Back when Think existed, I almost ordered the uh uh. The portal gun they had. <laughs> that would cool. have been cool. Beat to just have you beaten Portal? I have beaten Portal 2 a long while ago. Like maybe a PC or two ago. Because I do have it for the PC. Yeah, Steam. I think I got it.
0: I'll tell you what. If you want a good game, dear Joel, the new Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, <clears throat> Chef's Kiss on that game, it is so nice. good.
2: Well, you anyway. just brought out a, a, a new uh, Zola recently, too, didn't they?
0: Well, that was,
2: uh, you mean A while ago?
0: Yeah, that the. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. That was great. that was a great game too.
2: Yeah, I saw, I saw there, there's there's a thing going on. On um, I, I don't know if it's TikTok or one of them where basically a lot of reason why people bought the game was was to torture the uh, oh what are those creatures?
0: Koroks?
2: Yes, the Koroks, Yeah, like they build a rocket. With crocs attached, to yeah, <laughs> you, can,
0: you do nasty stuff to the poor guys. But it's a real, it's a good game. It is what a are good you, game.
3: What are you playing it on, Dan? Oh, that's only available on the Switch. That's Switch. Hmm, it's on the PlayStation Four and Five too. Not, no, not, I, not is? Zelda. Oh, I think I talked to Prince of Persia. that lost. Oh Christ. yeah, Prince oh, of Persia no, is no. playing
0: on the PlayStation.
3: Okay, right.
0: It's it's, it's good. I, I if I had a. a A better gaming rig, I might try it on on Steam, but I don't have a gaming rig. And I'm not sure. Like, the stuff I played on Steam on this laptop has seemed to work pretty well, but it's been mainly side-scrollers that I've tried on there. I haven't tried anything I almost, I mean,
2: I I have to look and see. um, But I've been kind of watching clips here and there of of the latest latest Fallout game, but I kind of want to get that and try that. I haven't played it yet. Wait, which one is that? Fallout? Fallout 4, I think.
0: Fallout 4, okay. Play it on the Switch?
2: No, it's not on the Switch.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I didn't think it was on the Switch. I tried it, I didn't, I, just, I couldn't get into it. Couldn't get into it? Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I have a low tolerance for those for first-person shooter-type games these days. They just don't grab my attention. I know Dave's all into it, but not me. I,
3: I can't even remember the last time I played a game. It's probably been a year since I played a video game. I have a Minecraft server. I have a Velorin server, and I've got a bunch of games on Steam. Ever played Valorant? What? Uh, what? what? Valorant? V-E-L-O-R-E-N. No, what is that? You can run a server on Linux, and 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 it's, it's a Minecraft-looking open RPG.
2: Okay, this is pretty cool.
3: No, oh, shoot,
2: I, I might be able to run this on my
3: laptop. Yeah, I, I run it on mine.
0: Now, oh, is Valorant is, is Valorant? Uh...
3: Is it in the repos? Uh, Air Airshipper is, which is the game launcher. So I, I think if you I, I forget how to install it. I, I installed it on a headless server and I installed the launcher on my laptop and I can I can play over my network. Uh yeah, it's it's in the it's in the AUR. Air AirShipper's the, the program that launches it. All right. Well, then how do you, does Airship pull it down? See, you know, I, I, I think, Dan, it's been probably a year and a half since I installed it. Uh...
0: Now, is it is it like Minecraft where you have to build out everything? Or when you use, get it, does it automatically, is it all set up ready to play? It's, there's like it's, a campaign in there?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's an it's open RPG. Stuff's already built.
0: Okay. Uh Do you like it? That does look like yeah, it's, Minecraft. It's, it's,
3: Jesus. It's, pre- it's pretty fun. How
0: far are you in it?
3: Oh, not not far. I what when I installed it, I was still working. I didn't have time. And since I've been retired, I haven't had time either. That's
2: why I like I re-
3: You know how stupid that sounds, Dave? I, I like since i have been
0: retired, you right. haven't
3: had time. I know. I've been doing other stuff. Sorry, Joel. Go but ahead. I haven't made time for games.
2: Well, I think that's why. Like, I, I, I too like the thing. Thing I don't like about first-person shooters is a lot of times the the single-player kind of sucks, and everyone buys it to, to go into like the death matching, and I suck at death matching. I just I don't have time to get good enough to to play death matching, so that's oh, why I don't like, like games with like a Portal uh, have to wait. I know you can. Yeah. Every, which would be all the time, but, (laughs) um, that's why I like, like, Portal has a really solid, uh, single-player mode, and I really, I really, I really like games that have a single-player mode that's solid, because I, yeah, I just, you know, I remember when I first started at Columbus State, when I was still a mainframe operator, there was some developers and database analysts that would, uh, hang back after after hours and they would use the their their desktops to play uh, Doom. And it was kind of fun cuz it was still such a new thing back then. But the one guy and, and the upside was is, is not of all, all of us were extremely good, but there's one guy, that DBA who was just really good at it and he kicked my ass all the time. It's like, you know, that was still kinda of fun because at least at least he, he didn't always kick my ass, he'd kick everybody's ass. <laughs> uh, but you know, back back when deathmatching
3: was new. Yeah, Quake <laughs> Quake 2, that was that was fun. I got a Unreal Tournament set up on uh Steam and that that's fine. That's still fine.
2: And then the other problem I have at least with PC gaming is just uh how much sheer power you need to uh, have a decent chance at some of those games, if anything, I would if I wanted to do anything, I would probably build like a, a flight simulator, you know, with a PC, uh, a gaming system behind it, because that's what you're going to need to run uh, the latest flight sim.
3: Have you ever played these uh, the Euro Trucker trucking sims? Have you ever played? No. Those? <laughs> that's it's much harder than you would think, but it's oh, something I imagine. there's something calming about it, though.
2: Yeah, I definitely imagine that
3: where
0: did you drive to then? that's that's no, that's one
3: of Germany someplace i don't I can't remember where it was it's it's been a while since i played that to? <laughs> I'm just driving a, a giant transfer truck through europe now
2: I, I had to look and see if anybody's remastered it or redone it but back in in the early p c gaming days like when I was in college uh, one guy uh, showed me a uh, uh, a game called Death Race. Remember that one? I there's a, a movie. Base,
1: Two movies, well, yeah, there is a that movie. was that were based on Death Race, right? That, that this game sounds like it was based on, because there was the original one from what the 1970s, and then there was the Jason Statham one,
2: right? This was yeah, this is like you know you make, basically cars with weapons on them, you know. I mean, it's not that that difficult of a concept it was fun though no i don't think anybody's fun game back in the day and a mech warrior was one no mech warrior was a great game too uh uh, both the original mech warrior and mech warrior uh two mech warrior two was was really awesome was what uh that was nineties, I think.
3: That might have been the last game I played on on a Windows PC. Right. I think I, I that that's early nineties, so I can't remember it.
2: It also had a really great single player mode, as well as being able to deathmatch people in max, and that was also fun. It I think there's still some like some Dave and Buster's still have the uh, the old. Uh, Tesla pods. They used to do the full simulators that they would do with the uh, with the battle mechs. Yeah, I always wanted to play that. Uh, unfortunately, our the Dave and Buster's, both of the ones we have don't have that game. But
1: playing that one where you sat down in it and you were like driving the mech around and, yeah. and you'd shoot the rockets and like guide the rockets while they're going through the air. Mm-hmm. That was a fun game. Yep.
2: And there is there is a, a multiplayer one now. Never played it yet. I do. I think I do have it on my laptop, my Windows laptop. But I don't know whatever happened to the board game. If they're still making that, because um, this FASA was the company that originally did the uh, dice and hex map board game with it. And then it got bought, I wanted to say, I thought it got bought by um, Wizards of the Coast, I think. Oh, heck, Fallout 4 is only uh, 20 bucks right now. I might have to. I might have to look and see if there's any updates to it. Last when I left BattleTech was you know, towards in a college. It was getting into the clans and the uh, stuff like that. I still got the original kit that I bought. I never could find anyone that would uh, play BattleTech often enough. I I enjoy um, Battletech more than I did uh Mech Warrior.
1: So in the arcades uh, I really enjoyed uh, Hydro Thunder.
2: That one that one was always cool. Yeah, and Mach the, Three.
1: The sit down one that they had there.
3: You ever played Legend of the Grimlock Joel? No. It's a 2012 game. It's it's on Steam, but it is it, you also play it on the Switch. That's a fun game.
2: Oh, the Battle BattleTech board game is owned by the Tops Company. As in the Tops that does the baseball cards. Interesting.
0: Legend of Grimrock's a dungeon crawler, right? I did yeah. try
3: it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, I think the first version might have been playable on Linux. I, I, I remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I thought I could remember. But I can't remember if I played it on Steam or if that was actually played it on Linux. But...
2: Grimrock or Grimlock? Grimrock.
0: Okay, and, you can you can play it on Ubuntu.
3: Okay, but Grim- Legend of Grimrock Two, you couldn't, which was a a, a much imp- is an improvement over the first one. But that that's not playable on Linux, I don't think. Legend of let me double check. Let me see,
0: Legend of Grimrock
2: Two, and it, it's games like this is make what makes we want to get one of them. Either one of them, uh, like the. Um, Lenovo uh, Handheld Gaming System, or um, the Legion Go, that's the one, um, or the Aces Republic of Gamers Ally. Kind of want one of those.
3: Yeah, the first one is in the AUR, Dan, Legend of Grimrock. So Legend of Grimrock
0: 2 is rated gold on, Ooh, it's an on AUR. DB. It's a good game. Wow. Legend of Grandma? Oh, there, there is. you
3: are. Yeah, yeah, the first one is. Wait, what's that fuzzy search tool? Uh, Peruse, P P A R U Z.
2: That's right. See
0: if you that was
3: originally it. a
2: Windows XP game.
3: It's a it's a fun game. Ah. I could not install it. Unknown download protocol. Oh, it, it requires GOG downloader, which did not get started. Oh, it you got it on Good Old Games. Yeah. Package failed to build. Evidently, the package isn't built right. I'm assuming. Let me go into. I
2: have, haven't looked at Humble Bundle in a while. See, what I like about Humble Bundle is they started doing other things other than games, like books.
3: There is a package called L. uh, L is a library. L-Google. L-G-O-G downloader in the A-U-R, but it didn't get installed, so... Bye-bye. There is a,
2: on Bomb bill there is a software bundle called Linux for Everyone. It looks like mostly books and videos.
0: Linux for the rest of us, right? wonder how Thor's doing these days.
2: I haven't heard a podcast of his in in a year or more. I
0: know he hate was too on Linux. Mm.
2: He had, he had some Rick health issues, me. though, no. Now, he did the mini PC show with Rich. The last released Android App Addicts was on October 17th, 2023. Links for the rest of us 259 was January o- over a year ago now. Yeah. I think he's been doing is no. Uh, he was doing his blog, uh, um podcast about him. Where's life in Ohio? Long gone now.
0: Yeah. Or what? What is what? It, what, what is it? Living in the Shade Living of an 80s Arcade,
2: man. Arcade.
0: Yeah, that show, which would be great if it wasn't only on AAC format.
2: I renamed it to Living in the Retro Arcade. Oh, now can, see? Now I could talk about things other than 80s. Ah. <laughs> I started, I, I'm going to be honest. Putting it in the 80s with video games really pigeonholed it. <laughs> Because there wasn't, you know, let's face it, once you get get through a lot of, the, like, the a lot of the stuff, you know, I mean, that's not to say I don't cover 80s anymore, I do, but, like, my, this week's show is going to be all on the Portal series, because it, it deserves it, because it's such a great game. And the thing, the thing I like about Portal, both Portal games, is that it's very non-violent, you know, for the most part.
3: But you've not finished the first one yet?
2: The first one, no.
3: The first so. one's got a great ending.
2: Yeah. I've probably seen the ending on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you probably have.
0: Man, I remember when that came out, it was a high time for... Uh... What was his name? What the Half-Life sequel? Oh. Um, Jonathan... Jonathan Colton. Yeah, was it Colton? I, no. I wanted to say Colton, but I wasn't sure it was yeah. name. And he wrote the uh, the yeah, song. He did
2: yeah. the cake is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder what ever happened to him.
3: Last time I that? saw him, he was on uh, a episode of Rift Tracks with uh, the Mystery Science Theater guys.
0: What's he doing these days? He's doing a show in Philly and Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, I guess that was last year. Yeah, that's the last thing I see. That was uh, now, that show was October, well, November, and December. Is, so, go ahead, Joel. Sorry.
2: Well, I want to know is if they're gonna make if they're gonna make a a sequel to the Ready Player One movie. No. The book was definitely better.
3: The second book was better than the first one?
2: No. No. Um, no, what I'm saying is... is
3: the
1: book was better than one. the
2: movie. Yes. The book was definitely yeah. better.
1: Way better. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Yes. But the movie was still enjoyable. Yeah. So, uh, but I have read both both books, though. So I've read the Ready first Player Two book. was good. Yeah.
1: But little, little too MacGuffin.
2: Well, the thing is, is the to bring out a sequel movie is going to be quite a bit different than the uh, than the uh, book turn out. Because I don't think it, the way the book Ready Player Two book worked out, I don't think it would play out movie. as well. Because <laughs> they had they changed. The ending in, in of the movie sufficient enough, like, like a I don't I have to go back and read the book it, again.
1: That that part that you're talking about is entirely plausible. You know, him screwing up the relationship, whatever, whatever, like right oh, after yeah, it yeah, started. Yeah. That that's perfectly plausible. But it right. was the MacGuffin right. there. Oh, everybody gets saved and upload Yeah, that 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 MacGuffin. Right. Yeah, it, it was just a bit too much right at the end
2: well not to mention fact in the, the movie a sequel to the movie will have to be quite a bit different than read, the Ready Tear Player Two book because I don't remember in the book whether they closed the uh, uh, the uh, Oasis down for, for some days like they mentioned at the end of the movie
1: there, out of the week. They did that in the books.
2: Did they? I don't. I, okay, maybe I was at wrong. At the man.
1: end of the first book, but um, I don't think it gets mentioned because they also did a kind of a you're stuck in here type of thing. So, Which is
2: essentially Ready Player 2.
1: Well, yeah, I meant for Ready Player 2, they did that. But with Ready Player 1, they did mention at the end in the prologue, you know, when they were mentioning how, how great everything was. They, they did want people to enjoy the real world, so like Tuesdays it was shut down or something like that. Um, and they pre- prefaced it with the line that, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of the real world, but it's the only place you can get a decent meal.
2: Right. But like, like, like I said, the, even though the book Ready Player One was better than the movie, I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie.
1: and It had a lot of different explanations for things, but um, you kind of understood that it couldn't go as into depth uh, with the, um, the tasks and things like that in a movie right. that was an hour and a half to two hours.
2: Right. Well, not to mention the fact like the lich in the in the book, you know, playing joust that really wouldn't play out too well on the screen <laughs> in a movie.
1: Ten minutes of playing a video game, blah, or
2: Right. The only the only part of the movie in the book that were very very similar was that was the last egg. That scene was pretty close.
1: But I really, really do enjoy the first book. And and the second book was okay. The first book. But it was still good. Maybe I just had really high expectations because of the first
2: book. Oh, Ready Player Two. Yeah. Yeah. What was the premise of the second book? One thing I was trying to find.
1: Remember the avatar of um, the guy that had all the money Anorak. that died. Anorak. Yeah. that Set all this stuff into motion. Well, that avatar was supposed to delete itself, but didn't... right, like a glitch well, right. happened, and it didn't delete itself. And then it basically, you know wasn't ai and tried to take over the oasis and in order to do that he set off like an unfinished um um test kind of similar to the original quest in the oasis but um one that was never really supposed to happen and at the same time The code and the hardware specs for a different way of using the Oasis. Right. Which allowed like full immersion. Right. And the premise. Yeah, you didn't have
2: to wear a suit. It was just basically a brain interface.
1: Is that the AI is going to take everything over unless this uh, new quest gets completed, and so people have to. Find all the clues again and go through something similar and there's different mm-hmm. different tests and different other crazy things like fighting fifteen Michael Jacksons blah, whatever, whatever. And um yeah. And I don't want to spoil the ending.
0: Fighting fifteen Michael Jacksons like what was it what was he fighting with?
2: White glove. <laughs> the white glove. <laughs> <laughs> But I was saying in Ready Player Two, there, there there was a part of it was on the uh, uh, what was it? Was it the Prince Planet was a purple rain planet? I can't remember.
1: Michael Jackson. It was Prince's. They were fighting like fifteen different versions of Prince.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: What was Prince using as a weapon? His guitar. Yep. All right.
2: Basically, yeah. Was it like a rock band competition? get the fans spinning on their three. Uh, Something like that. It, it was a
1: dance battle gone wrong.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. I bet you Dave likes
0: Dance, Dance Revolution.
3: <laughs> nope. <laughs> dance Revolution,
1: great cardio.
3: I've never played it
1: look i was in south korea when i got introduced to, to dance dance revolution and it was a big thing there at the time i bet it was oh yeah it yeah was. and, and it, it was fun and it was just a really good way to get a workout
3: uh-huh <laughs> i get second-hand embarrassment i mean i've never been in a dave and busters this is, this is gonna sound weird but if i were to go and want a place like that i mean i've not been in an arcade since i was a teenager <laughs> but
1: I think going okay. in an arcade I'm going, to,
3: I'm going to step on some toes but going into an arcade and seeing adults play video games last time no. not, not last time but I was in Best Buy back in the mid 2000s and I saw some some grown-ups you know grown grown adults playing guitar hero in public. Yep. I, I got secondhand embarrassment for them. I, I play Look, that stuff at home, but I'm not going to do it in public.
1: <laughs> no, there, there, there's there's a bar, and I know there's one around here, but the only one I can think of is in El Paso, and it's called uh, Rubik's. And, and and it's an adult bar, but you go in there, and the entire walls are lined with arcades, and the arcades don't cost anything. You're just buying right. drinks and playing on the, the different arcades.
3: Yeah, and uh, that's probably... Like like I said, I've not been in an arcade since I was a teenager, so I, I would probably be fine with those in in context. If there's a whole wall of them, I'd probably go up and play.
1: Yeah, but like Dave and Busters, man, uh, I can't even afford to play there. The food's ridiculous. The foods the the just the arcade stuff is ridiculous. The price on the arcade stuff is absolutely bonkers.
2: Uh, We have the 16-bit Bar Plus Arcade here in Columbus. On South 4th Street.
0: I don't think I have an arcade near me.
2: Trying to see if they... they, uh, List what games no, I think there's got. one in Virginia Beach.
0: That's not, there's one in Norfolk.
2: What, a Barcade?
0: Um,
2: I, I, found, I found some Some of the classics they have at, at the Columbus one is uh, Arachnoid, Asteroids, I uh, can't read this other one. It's got Japanese on it. Uh, Burger Time, Centipede, Defender.
3: I got Tempest on there. Uh,
2: Probably. Uh, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong Jr., Frogger, Galaga, Gauntlet. Gauntlet was a great game. I played that a lot in college. Oh, yeah. college. I did too. Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, Gyrus, Jungle King, New... Wait. There's a whole new breed? Oh, what? Oh, Killer Instinct. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Millipede Mortal Kombat 3 Ms. Pac-Man NBA Jam NFL Blitz Ninja Gaiden
3: Street uh, 5 Ivan Stewart
2: oh. Ivan Stewart's Off-Road Pac-Man I can't read what's on this one because it's too tiny
1: kind of awesome yeah I, I Popeye, love those games
2: Primal Rage, Punch Out, Q Bert, Rally X, Robotron 2084, another one I played a lot in college, Smash TV. Smash TV, if you've never played that, it's a lot like. uh, They combined some concepts out of The Running Man and. um, and It was like it was like so, Berserk
0: it was the next level of Berserk it was a game show and yeah, yeah kinda it, it yeah. was like Berserk as a game show's top down shooter where everybody came at you from all directions
2: yep and there was, and the Robocop one comes in there where the announcer comes in there and says I'd buy that for a dollar <laughs> and then so it was
0: <laughs> followed up by Total Carnage about a year right. later, I think it was. So, Smash TV was followed up by Total Carnage, right. which took it outside yep. of the um, movie studio format and put it into yep. a... But they also have... Like, a, uh, you were going through a third world country. Console to, game, right? To knock out a dictator. On, uh, uh, I, I believe okay. that's what it was. It was
2: off the wall. Space too. Invaders right, they have deluxe space invaders spy hunter, which is another favorite of mine
3: oh, I love spy hunter tapper
2: uh the one that always you'd always get an injury in at least once in your life playing the game track and field oh yeah <laughs> damn yes. I hurt my fingers on that so many yeah. times
3: yeah, the hurdles <laughs> he's just doing that yes.
2: Yes, because, well, you, you'd you heard it by slapping their fingers right on oh, the buttons, because yeah. you had to yeah. do that to play it. It was yep.
3: like. that.
2: that would...
0: <laughs> I did not the like only the video track and, game, and feel with the buttons. Say
3: so that again, Dan.
0: I said I did not like the track right, and right. field with well, the buttons. buttons I like the one with the trackball.
3: Yeah, they, they were. They, they switched, switched to like the trackball?
2: You Did yeah. you get
3: injured on it, too, That Yeah, you no, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Trophy maybe, hunting, it be easier.
2: Trophy hunting, Turbo Outrun, another great multiplayer. Uh, Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, um, WrestleMania, X Men. That was another great multiplayer. That was a, one of those super wide ones. Oh, that was fun.
3: Gaunt Judge was still Drake. my favorite multiplayer. When I was in college, they had the table. So you could four people stand around the same table mm-hmm. and play Gauntlet top down. That was that was awesome.
2: Yep. I junkyard. I don't know. I've never seen this one. It's got a bulldog I, on it, and then I, then they have that two one. pinball machines. They got a Star Trek: The Next Generation pinball machine and a Star Wars pinball machine.
3: I played the heck out of one called Eight Ball Deluxe when I was at Clemson.
2: Well, what about Pinbot? Remember that one?
3: I don't know about that one.
2: That was a good pinball machine. Pinbot, um... I want to say there was one that was based on Atari, and I can't remember what it was. Maybe I'm thinking about something else. I know there was a Rocky pinball at one point for the movie.
1: There's a pinball for just about everything. Just the
2: ones they list on their site.
3: Oh, yeah. I can remember my dad telling me in the early 80s when I was going to arcades uh, to stay away from the pinball because back when he was age, back in the 60s, that you could you could win money on pinball. So in his mind, it was gambling.
2: Yeah, Murph said he got blisters on his fingers with the track and uh, <laughs> yep. field with the trackball. Yep. The button one was the worst, though, man. Yeah.
3: That, that was that was the uh, back in the 80s that was the closest thing we had to ddr because I mean you, you could <laughs> you could get in some funny positions working that track ball as fast as oh you yeah?
0: <laughs> well you said, like, you're, you're ripping it with but, your fingers like remember yeah. then you had to push the button to jump yeah like,
3: yeah uh, you uh, weren't standing straight up you, you were leaning over all the way to the left just going as fast as you can
2: yeah. And the thing is it it didn't take long. It can happen in the first round. It's like <laughs> you get your finger pinched between the rim of the of the, oh, yeah. the console and the trackball. Yeah. Oh.
3: I put a lot of quarters in that game as a teenager.
2: <laughs> it was still a fun game though, even though you can get hurt. Maybe that's why it was fun. I don't remember. <laughs>
0: See yeah, the- one of my one of my favorite games to date is still today this day is Alien Syndrome. I love that arcade game. I played the hell Alien out of that. Alien Syndrome. <laughs> top yeah, it was shooter. It, it was a top down shooter where you it was kind of loosely based off of Alien on the first level. I think it was okay. And, and so you you would you would go to these individual like planets and you had to rescue. The guys on there make it to the end of the level before the time ran out, fight the boss, and then you launch off to the next planet. And then there were like, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven areas to go, seven planets to go to, and then you beat the game. All right. It was out on See, Nintendo, I d- and I played on various That simulators. one I
2: don't, re- I don't remember that one, uh, but that did remind me of Xenophobe. Yeah. And Zybots.
0: Was Xen- Xenophobe the one that was split screen? You had an, a, a one was, screen yeah, on the a top, side a screen scroller. on the
2: yeah, yeah. There, well, there was four. It was four player, and it was side scrolling. Um, and then Zybots was one with the uh, that was, well, basically as close as you can get to a, uh, first person shooter, back at that point in time but it was it was kind of done like uh, it was kind of done looked a little bit like wolfenstein inside of it but you can only face one direction at a time and you you couldn't face between them so it was left right or or uh, front or back so But zen phone was very cartoonish and then there was uh, rampage that one i loved Played a lot of Rampage.
0: I felt like Rampage just ate your quarters like crazy. Didn't? Wasn't that one of those
2: games where oh, your it did.
0: kept going down.
2: Yep. and then and then you started to metamorphize back to uh, uh, a man or a woman, depending on which creature you were. Yeah, and then you could put Still a quarter in and regenerate. Cool, I mean it, and they and they made a movie about it, but it really had little yeah. to do
3: with the with the. With the video game. I think you rocket to rock in it, too, if I remember, right?
0: Yeah.
3: I remember, like, in pole position a lot.
2: Yep. One and two were, were really good. We got to wrap this up. And that's another thing. That's another thing Go when they made Jim. a cartoon. They had a, made a pole position cartoon, but it had little to do with the video game.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, still cool. Uh, yeah, we got to get going, cartoon. Joel i got to get to bed. Yes, we do. All right. So thank you, everybody, for another episode. You too, Murph. You too. Uh, is, yeah, we still – wait. Yeah, the, the next show is still in January, right? Just 31 days in January, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Damn. All right. Well, we'll see you in one week for the last show of January. Have a happy, everybody. Hear your promos.
2: I am short.
3: Oh my god, it's Hacker Public Radio! Hacker Public Radio is a daily podcast by the hacker community for the hacker community. If you're interested in technology, creative thinking, hacking, Linux, or any kind of computer, that kind of stuff, you should listen to Hacker Public Radio at HackerPublicRadio.com.
2: We forgot.
0: My name is Matt, and I've started a new podcast called LibreQuest. I talk about Linux and general technical topics. To get the
2: show, visit LibreQuest.org. So we can paint anything we want? Anything at all. How about if I paint your fine ass? Mm, yeah, with my tongue brush. Sh- shut up. Just shut up. Daddy has a gun! It's
0: over. You were
2: making egg for the young in the kitchen. And I was in the dining room having sushi. We forgot what? We forgot to mention HPR. Oh, yeah. You played the promo, We well, you forgot to mention the email we got.
0: About whether to continue it or not. Yeah, so right. if, you, if you like HPR... Contribute some shows so they can keep going on. Yep.
2: Yeah, right now, You're putting together what, a show. Was it February? February what? I am not yet. I should do a show. I can't think of what I do went on. Well, Living in the shade of, an,
0: of a 90s arcade. <laughs> Occasionally. Whoa. Dave's got all his shows lined up now,
2: right, Dave?
1: <laughs> On <laughs> HPR?
3: <laughs> no.
2: Well, you see, I, let's see. The, the contributors that we've seen the next two months is Kevin, Kevin, uh, what's his face? A hookah uh Delta Ray Daniel Person and uh, Trey Swift 110 GeoSpark, Spark Kevy and that's it <sighs> Looks like maybe four or five like four or five people rotating through
0: Dave you could do it. A- you could do a series. The first one could be 3D print your own suppositories <laughs> How to flavor that suppository on another episode
3: uh, I walk right into that. How do we
0: en- enhance your friendships by creating a double-ended suppository <laughs> that you can insert <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh uh, my nothing of the suppositories.
0: Two hackers, one tomorrow. suppository.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now it's better than a uh, lemon party.
0: Nothing's better than a lemon party. Eleven <laughs> suppository party.
2: Let's see, does that still exist?
0: Lemon party, I'm sure it does.
2: I'm <laughs> looking for it. Le- <laughs> lemon Party Life is a podcast.
0: There's a Lemon oh Party podcast?
2: <laughs> yes, there is.
3: Uh, how many episodes is there? There's
2: certainly. That's a good question.
3: 1,036.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going wow. to that.
0: Sounds familiar.
2: Granted, we're getting old enough that we're going to be a lemon party before it's longer.
0: I don't know what you plan on doing on <laughs> your retirement. But...
2: <laughs> it's better than goat sex.
3: Hey, when when did... uh? When did this show start, Dan? Because in four more episodes, you do the math. It's, that's twenty years worth. Uh, what is this show? Number two thousand three, didn't it? it? I think ten forty will be fifty-two times twenty.
2: <laughs> See, episode one hundred and ten was uh, November sixteenth. Of 2005. It's as far back as the feeds go.
0: Oh, wait. It's because... Uh, uh, let me double check. I think I have episode one on Internet Archive.
2: <laughs> and that was the shortest mm-hmm. show there ever was.
0: All right, let me see here. Uh oh god, why is these things not?
3: Right, you don't gotta look it up tonight. Holy No, I'm right there. Okay, episode number one.
0: Wow September so, twenty fourth, two
3: thousand three. Somehow gotten twenty years worth then in, in less than twenty years.
0: Yeah. What? What? Oh, you know. You know why that is? That is because, um, when we went to uh, yeah, a yeah. couple of the Linux conventions, yeah, we put out multiple shows. So I think there's like,
2: and you took game. And you took a, a few weeks off too. I
0: don't know. There's. Th- There, yeah, there have been a couple of times we've taken off, and then there was a couple of, like, we did a number of, oh, man. I know when we went to the Linux Linux Expo, I guess it was the one in Jacob Javits where we interviewed Nat Friedman and Miguel Diacaza, I think, was there, too. Uh, I think we released a bunch of different yeah, we released a bunch of January. Uh, shows. 9th. When we would go to, um,
2: or hold on, September twenty fourth. Yeah, when uh, we would go
0: to like Ohio Linux Fest right. or whatever. Yeah, we would release a show a day
2: from there. Yeah, yeah, you did. Now, I think the first episode was September. I miss those days. September twenty fourth of two thousand and three. Wow! According to the internet archive,
0: yeah, that's what I just said. September twenty fourth.
2: It's got that. It, and it's got that music that Link, the Link got. Yep. The Link should be out of the hospital now, though. That's good. Yeah,
0: he. I didn't hear back from. Him. I did send him an email. Well, you, I don't expect him to.
2: Did you? Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't expect him to get right back to me because he's got he got a lot going on.
2: He he gonna go home in a wheel. He's gonna go home in a wheelchair, I think, until until the until, uh the effects of what he went through subsides. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you know, knew Dave or not, but he's he's yeah. Go ahead.
0: Does Taco Wednesday mean you ate Taco Bell?
2: No, I made them.
0: Oh, that's good. What, what kind of tacos?
2: Eh, normal. I mean, well, you know, well, like, hard shell, soft shell.
1: Straight. I
2: had, I had. Well, we had both shells. I had soft shell, but that's why I like. Okay. Wifey had crunchy. What'd your son have? One of each? Two of each? Three of each? Hell I don't know. All I know is I made the meat, cut up the tomato and onion and that's about it. We had lettuce but lettuce was pre shredded.
3: There's something wrong with that. Pre shredded lettuce. No. Lettuce is lettuce.
2: Had kale for lunch though. <laughs> uh, pre shredded kale? <laughs> well, it was it baby kale, so it was leaves, you know. With some chicken and uh, apple cider dressing, like an apple cider vinaigrette, is what it was, and um, some some uh, like nuts, A whole mess of kale though, because it I can use as much kale as I want, <laughs> hardly any calories in that. <laughs> I'll admit, it's not the most tastiest of greens there is.
0: What'd you eat it with?
3: It was with my I,
2: mouth.
3: I oh, chicken.
2: with your mouth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, Chicken, and actually technically, the dressing was Chick-fil-A's apple cider
0: vinaigrette.
2: Oh! I bought a, they, they sell that at uh, our local Kroger in, uh, in the produce section. And I measured it out, too. I like didn't just dump it on. I like took a measuring spoon and measured it out. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, I love
0: salad. And I love right. salad with a salad dressing. I've been making my own salad dressings these days like Thousand Island, Parmesan, Peppercorn, Ranch, Italian, Greek, you name it. I've been making it. Catalina French. Oh, I love it. Love, I can't get enough salad. I'll tell you that. It's just like
1: On, uh, pancake syrup.
0: No, nah, I haven't made I my own. pancake syrup yet. We got to get a maple
3: tree. My first job out of college, I was a uh, quality control manager at the Duke's Mayonnaise plant. We also oh, made, yeah. That's the mayonnaise I used, Dave. We also got made, that? Uh, at the time, we, we made all the Hidden Valley Ranch. Uh, it was ever made. Nice. It, it was the only manufacturer. And we made probably
1: flavors of suppositories.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we, we made just about every salad dressing you could think of. Duke's
2: is the best mayonnaise. That, that's all I buy.
3: That's all there is. Everything now, else is lame. Did you get sick
0: of salad dressing? I know. I mean, I. I you don't I, even like salad,
1: right?
3: No, I, I like salad, but I, I like Italian dressing not vinaigrette i like straight italian or i like uh if i have to ranch. The because, creamy uh no the other one <laughs> the one you have to shake In regular up. italian which is yeah.
2: essentially a vinaigrette
3: yeah i just don't want it to taste like vinegar heavy can't on the spice t- You can't
2: taste it in in the Italian dressing. You really can't. There is vinegar. You just can't can't, taste it
3: as much. Yeah, I don't want to taste it.
2: It's got some of that cheese. Toe cheese. Mm. No, Parmesan. Oh. I think that's what's in it. I don't know. It tastes good. I agree with it. What
0: episode is this team? Uh,
3: 1036.
0: You got it, man. You on the ball, man. <laughs> what did we do before you came back? <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Nobody huh? knew what show it was.
2: Good old Rich is at the uh, SHOT Show this week. He had a shot this week?
3: Getting vaccinated?
2: No, right? SHOT Show. It's a gun show. No. <laughs> oh. Not a shit for- show, right? Well, it <laughs> could be. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind going uh, because it's it's not just it's not just firearms. Like you can get things like um, knives there too. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers um,
3: is it really called a shot show? Because we call them yep. gun shows down here.
2: Shot show. No, this is a bigger. This is more like um, the companies who are gonna get gun shops to buy guns are going to go there. All right. So it's more like a, like, um, Dave, they're not selling the guns. They're just
0: shooting them. And when you (laughs) shoot them, you capture the shot. And that's what the show is. The, is it a shop show or a shot? S H O T
2: or S H O P S H O T.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they, they shoot the gun and you got to catch it. That's the show.
3: That's the only way that makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, it's done by the NSSF, which is the basically the firearm industry. It's a trade show is what it is.
0: Dave, being a Southern boy, and I guess Joe, too, I guess. Have you ever heard this this, this phrase before? Couldn't draw a fly, fly in a shit factory? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I yeah. thought that's Southern, isn't it? Yeah. It's, Could, uh, couldn't draw a fly in a shit factory. Yeah. I heard that for the first time this week and I thought it was funny.
3: Have you ever heard that makes my ass crave stove
2: wood? <laughs> what? Hell no.
3: What, what wood? Ma-
2: stove?
0: Stove? stove. Oh,
3: S-T-O- yeah, stove wood. That makes that- your ass crave.
0: Sto- what does that mean?
3: That, that's a southern way of saying it. it makes me want to show out because if you showed out, your, your dad would take you behind the woodshed and whoop your ass. So, what okay uh, you got to explain what showed
0: out means yeah
3: showed out means misbehave oh okay so it makes you you know it, it's, it's sort of like saying we aim to misbehave
1: now what's That's, that what's
3: that phrase again
1: I had to go through a couple of different layers <laughs> of uh, explaining slang to, yeah. to get to the point there
3: yeah it's uh it, that makes my ass crave stovewood that makes my
0: ass crave stovewood
3: yeah my father in law used to say
0: that. I thought you were talking.
2: I thought you were talking
0: about some guy named Stove who got a heart on him.
2: I don't know, man. Well, my dad's got one. He, he, he says, "Smooth move, lax
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, no, i heard that one. I just never heard that. Makes
3: my ass crave stove wood. <laughs> Next time, something makes you mad. Just, just, throw that out there when you at work or something.
0: Oh yeah, that that goes over well. In, the, in the,
3: but I'll do that at
0: my, I'll do that at the. that's uh, gonna
1: that's gonna do me real well at uh, at the place I work.
0: Yeah, the next stand-up right. meeting they have when some were discussing a ticket and I don't like it, I'm gonna say, yeah. that makes my ass crave stove wood.
3: That's just funny hearing a Yankee say it.
0: That drives my gears, right? <laughs> and then, then Dave, you can help me find a new job after that, right? <laughs> <sighs> or you can you can be my backup when I explain what I meant to uh, HR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We better yeah, you, get this show going. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just
3: call me if you need me. <laughs> oh, thanks. You, you know, know what? Yo, That's
2: you're
0: As you're, C, you're you know, retired, so you're you're there at my beck and call. Yeah, and I, I, to I, I,
2: to you are. bail
3: me out of out of uh, HR. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You know what burns my ass? I'm about a flame three foot high.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something my dad would say. Rod, look at my daughter and say, "You know, what burns my ass." A flame five foot five inches. And that's how tall she <laughs> is. <laughs>
2: All right, all right, all right. I thought you were gonna say a bottle of hot sauce, but you know, hey, so that that, uh, that does that do? You know,
0: I, I have to be honest though. Uh, most of the time, hot sauce doesn't burn my ass. But what yeah, does I'm burn pretty my good ass with it too? What does burn have a tendency to burn my ass is really hot Thai food. Or really yeah. hot Indian food the next day, and yeah. I don't know why. Like everything else, I'm fine. Like I super hot buffalo wings, not a problem. But Thai or Indian food, and it, it, must gosh. be a
2: combination of the gram masala and and uh, everything else, all the other chilies it's, and peppers, it's probably in coconut
0: oh. milk and the uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, let's uh, let's get this one thousand thirty six. One thousand thirty six. All right
3: them knuckles and let's fire this puppy off.